welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I am your host, TJ Stevens. Step in. Thank you. Joining me, as always, Della Bill Dave. You guys ready for Top Guy Weekend? Uh, it has already, it already happened. happened. By the time this oh. comes <laughs> Hey, guys, how about that phenomenal Top Guy Weekend? Mm, what or, a week. I can't believe Tim ripped his anus in wrestling class. <laughs> I was trying to do a hurricane lately. Please remember to subscribe and rate this show wherever you get your podcast. Hey, hey. Oh, and Timmy, see, see, we. So if you're just listening to this, well, if you're watching it too, there was, there was a gap there we had to take. Sorry. And Timmy C. Timmy C's here. By the way, TJ being the consummate professional as he is, mm. is not bringing up our newest sponsor. Go to www.nix.com backslash FFP, enter promo code Bloody Mary, and get an extra four to six ounces <laughs> of extra absorption. That's right, ladies. Four to six ounces? That's Man. right, ladies. You can walk around all day like a toddler that has pissed his diaper. What, they put a washcloth in it? Well, yeah. <laughs> Act now, and you can get the lactation bra, where you don't have to worry about bumping. You just ring that some bitch out into the baby's mouth after a day. <laughs> oh, That's www.nix.com backslash ffp. Promo code Bloody Mary. You know what's great is someone is going to do that. You know that, right? They won't get very far with the ffp part of the web address, but you know. <laughs> They, they will might. save 0% on their order. You will. <laughs> but they'll get an extra four to six ounces of absorption. <laughs> we will pass the savings on to you. <laughs> and guys, if you go there and buy them, you can use a really cool wrestling mask that has drool absorption. <laughs> Mox, Moxley could use one for when he's getting in the ring. Just absorb all the blood. How did... How did I get here in my life? <laughs> what choices did I make that got me here? They were That's all right. wrong. Go to www.chinjim.com. <laughs> Better yet, don't go to that website. It doesn't exist. Go to your neighbor's garage sale. Use promo code FFP and they'll tell At you the to garage sale. screw yourself. At the garage sale. At the garage sale. Promo code FFP. Also, I think, has... I think I'd like to do a podcast with Timmy C and Dave. <laughs> well, to be fair, I didn't know you yet. It was Timmy's idea. <laughs> and now here you are. Here I am. Nix.com forward slash FFP. Bloody Mary. Um, so we're still doing this. Um, uh, Those guys make tens of dollars a day. What was I going to say? I don't even remember anymore. Oh, also, if someone can find me those Jurassic Park Nestle Crunch Bars and yes. mail them to me. I'm not going to eat them, but I'll just I was going to say, I bet they're not very good now. No. They're probably not even dinosaurs imprinted on them anymore. It's probably just a blob <laughs> by this point. But So basically, you just want the wrapper? Yeah. Mail them to me in the middle of July. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll be great. Hey, it's just hey. limp when I get out of the mailbox. Wrap, wrap them up in some nicks. They'll be fine. It look like nutty doo-doo. Also, everyone that's listening to this show right now. 
<laughs> that would that be does, that would be ricey doo doo. Not that does no. that does grab me. That was good. Everyone who's listening to this show uh, definitely needs to tweet at Nick's and tell them we're promoting their products. We definitely need to be sponsored by Period Panties. All right, K N I X. But hey, while you're at it, while you're on the Twitter, while you're on your phone, go ahead and Nick, go to your. It's po- at nickswear.com. There you go. Well, while you're doing that, go to wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, 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 and rate this show wherever you get your podcast. Give us that five star review. While you're at it, follow the show on Twitter at FF Podcast, on Instagram at Filter Free Podcast. Follow the network on Twitter at Filter Free Net. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash filter free today what is available um on your on the patreon and also we might get to dust off the bus rides this year we might we just found one out yeah we'll be taking that bus in the fast lane mm-hmm. Indianapolis at Nickswear boobs are the best boobs here are 10 things you probably didn't learn about yours in health class whose boobs healthy boobs are healthy the best boobs. boobs my boobs think- are healthy I think all boobs are healthy. I like them. I'm a big fan. Some of them will try and kill you if you're not careful. The two boobs I'm on the show with here are healthy. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that's a word for it, I guess. Yeah, for the healthy, sure. <laughs> Caffeine can cause breast tenderness. Timmy. Thanks. So, so we just found out uh, Fast Lane's in Indianapolis, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that it'll be a bus ride because Indy's a pretty, I mean, downtown is pretty close in indy but it could be the return of the sweet life we've already got the fun director on it yes we will have more information upcoming hopefully and what's great indianapolis is affordable because we're indiana and nothing is special about us particularly when we go to uh, saint elmo's that'll be very affordable Ooh, saint elmo's and what's the other one uh there was two restaurants peyton manning always went to it was saint elmo's and i cannot remember the other one Fire. St. Elmo's Fire. No. Mm-mm. Probably not. Mm-mm. What McDonald's. else can they do? What? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. We found it. Peyton Manning was a connoisseur of the Big Mac. Yes. You will get Legends Let's Rethink This, where next month we will be having the inventor of Knicks. Not really. Football is getting paid with Tim and Dave coming back in the fall. Evolution of Evil. You guys are back on the horse now, I believe. So I, I I should explain this. We're gonna record stuff in uh, Alabama with uh, Miss Amy because she was on the show two two episodes ago. We've done. We have not done a show in three weeks, and there is and we when we first started doing the show, we made it very clear it was a project that we wanted to do. There you go. It was a project we wanted to do, and. Um, you know, but there were going to be hiccups in it because of our schedules. Justin's been trapped. He's he's a uh, he's in an Almond Brothers band. He's the traveling man, or the rambling man, and these two can attest to this because I talk to these two yahoos every day. Now I talk to Justin just about every day, but in the last two weeks, in preparation for coming to Alabama, and because you know work wanted me to, I have worked a hundred and hundred and forty five hours in sixteen days, counting today. Wait a minute. You can't count today because you sent us a message that said, leave me alone. I'm trying to play TEW while I'm at work. Well, I got called out right after that. And I was busy the rest of the day. So you weren't working. 
I was after I texted you guys. See, oh, this okay. is why I hope no one at work sees. So because of all those things, we haven't been able to record. Uh, we were recording in Indianapolis. Or Indianapolis, now it's in my head. So we're recording in Alabama with Amy. And then uh, we will do something to make up for not recording for so many weeks. But we are, yes, we're still going. Busy. You will also get eventually wrestling with commercials. Dave. Plus now maybe our 2023 list of event and then some top golf this weekend. That's just passed. Yeah, we, we did it. It was a good time. Somebody fell off the deck. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still bouncing on the two point hole. Huh. I'm, up there, I'm up there golfing with a big boot on my foot. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell the people what you did? What's that? A boot, mm. a boot. So in Nashville this past weekend, Great Father's city. Day. We get to we stay at the Gaylord and got my kids tickets to the water park there. We are walking into the water park. Day has just started. And we're walking down some steps and my flip-flop catches the the ground. Mm. So it causes me to stumble and I miss the next step and step mm. over onto the ground and completely destroyed my foot. And it is nothing black broken, and blue, though. nothing broken. So they called me today. I went yesterday when I got home, I went to the walk-in clinic and they did x-rays. No well, fractures you, in the foot. It would have been a limp, limping. Yeah, clinic. you didn't walk in. Oh, I did limping. I was like doing the gangsta limp. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> so I go to the limp-in clinic. Mm, very good. And, you know, I'm sitting in the room. I get there. I wait 30 minutes to get called back. Get in the room. The lady takes my blood pressure, makes sure, you know, I have blood flow in my finger. Puts the... Get some nicks and you won't have that. <laughs> yeah, it makes me breathe heavy into the little... <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, after your second breath, I'm like, okay, bitch, I'm out of breath now. <laughs> I had to do that to get... Is this a stress test? And then I wait... The doctor will be right in. I, I'm waiting for I, the, and, and then I got a, uh, I got a, what is that? A colonoscopy. Right I, got, I got asked to leave She's, when I told the doctor what a dickhead he was. She stuck her finger in my bum. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name for that. Prostate check. How does so this help with my ankle? <laughs> so 30 minutes later, the doctor comes in. She goes, okay, we're going to order you an x-ray. And the lady's like, is there any swelling in the foot? Like, bitch, look down. <laughs> it's a barrel. What do you mean? Is there any <laughs> swelling in my foot? Nope, that cheesecake I ate went straight to my ankle. <laughs> so doctor comes in. All right, we're going to set you up for an x-ray. She'll be right in. 30 minutes later, the x-ray lady comes in. I need you to walk over here. Thank you. Walking is my strong suit right now. Let's walk. Let's walk to the other side of the building. I need you to pretend that I'm Lieutenant Dan without my new legs. <laughs> And wheel me <laughs> over there. So we take the x-rays and then we walk back to the other side of the building. The doctor will be in with your results shortly. I wait another 45 minutes. Mind you, I've been watching TV on my phone this whole time. I, You would have to, otherwise you would have burned the clinic down. But I literally get, watched WrestleMania 32. Yeah, I am starting to get pissed off. Doctor comes back in and informs me you have no fractures of the foot but they are sending it off to a radiologist to check the ankle because there's so many bones in the ankle and they don't want to miss anything. Sure. Yeah. And then I need to get 
a cam boot to wear for the next three to six weeks. I've worn one of those. They give me a prescription for the cam boot and say I need to go see ORA, which is the orthopedic surgeons in the area. So I've yet to make an appointment for them because I figured I'll do that shit after I get back from Top Guy Weekend. So I go to the medical supply store. I give them the prescription. The lady there says, oh, well, we can't get you this prescription today. We have the boots in, but they didn't fill out the prescription right. Also, I need your insurance information. We have to go through your insurance to see what they're going to pay for. If they pay for all of it, you will have to pay 20% of the $297 boot. I said, how long is this going to take? She says, it'll take two to four days. Mm. I got on my phone. I ordered a cam boot on Amazon for $43 and told the lady to fuck off as I limped out the building. Hey, <laughs> language! You can't use that word. We're allowed one. We're allowed one. I you, got you, mine you, in the stories later. You you abused you abuse it. That's the issue. That's why we had to make rules. That's why we're filtered now, according to the artwork last week. Gonna abuse Dave. Which we should take this time. I don't know if we've ever done this before. We should take this time on our platform, on our podcast, to everyone listening. His Twitter handle is no longer Klondike. It's now my name, Steve. But that man, um, we cannot tell you. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate that guy. His art is amazing. And also, Today. we heard his voice. He sent us a voice message the other day because we did some things for him. We won't, we won't get into that. We did some things. No, I, nobody's I needed, I, we love, I needed the, we I needed the male version yeah. of Nick's when I heard it. We did. I needed we Knox. Did. <laughs> Knox. Yeah, thank you. Knox. So we, we did uh, we did a little, a little some extra for something that he, he wanted to do. And he sent us a voice message thanking us. And y'all... He lives in the Northeast right now, but his Australian accent is. I mean, I was half Dundee part four. I was half mass listening to it. To be fair, he he is Australian. I know that. No shit. Good day. Good day. I think his I think he is so Australian. His last name is Fosters. Fosters. (laughs) It's Fosters, not Foster. (laughs) It's Fosters. Oh boy! I think yes, so. we, we can't thank Klondike enough for the amazing artwork he gives us every week, and just the all-around good dude he is. I text he's him all the time, guy. and I love talking to Klondike. He is he, awesome. He's a great dude. Um, he is he's our an Banksy. asshole. I, I he's our Banksy. I love that he does artwork, and he's completely anonymous <laughs> to about a handful of people. I love it. Follow, follow his girlfriend cool. at but why Alyssa and argue with her on Twitter. She's over great. Her wrestling takes. Um, I love her. We're she trying might be to be my new favorite follow on Twitter. We're trying she to gets get people so worked up over just having an nothing, opinion. nothing, nothing. She's got an opinion, nothing. and people are out for blood. She just says, "See a punk of paper like Jesus Christ." Are you kidding me? <laughs> 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 um, we're, we're we're actually we're trying to recruit her. Is what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, does she do music? She'd be way better than she should. Mm. If she wrestled, she'd be way better than CM Punk. So. She'd probably beat his ass. I've seen CM Punk in the octagon. I've seen him in person. I'd squash that little fuck like a grape. See, I'd see you made me use it early. Wow. Now you're done. Because I love, and I'm not, I'm not, I know you guys are being sarcastic, but I love people that are like, 
CM Punk needs to be careful. He's going to get his ass beaten in the locker room. He legit trained in MMA for three years. He legit got his ass whooped every time he stepped into the octagon. I argue on that. But also trained MMA fighters that trained way longer than he has. But I'd hit that son of a bitch with a chair and he'd be done. Shut your pie hole. What I'm saying is in the AEW locker room. Oh, here. (laughs) Start talking about him. Uh, my point is in the AEW uh, locker room, who is trained in MMA the way he has? Jake Hager. Jake Hager. Well, he ain't got a problem with Jake Hager. <laughs> well, of course, I wouldn't either. Jake Hager, whoop that ass. <laughs> yeah, Jake Hager would murder him. He only fights guys he knows he can beat up. Sure, wouldn't you? No. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tell this guy. I'll tell if a guy is if I think he's an asshole. I'll tell him to kiss my ass. I'm gonna tell this guy what I think of. You know, I know he's gonna bend me in half backward over a barrel. I think you forget when I was antagonizing FTR at a previous Top Guy weekend. No, I didn't forget. But you also and Josh Alexander was about to murder you. Yeah, but you also had the luxury of assumption because me and Dave were right next to, and you assumed that. I well, I hope those guys get up and help, and we weren't going to. All right, I, I wasn't assu- even there. I, I assume Dave. Would I help wasn't me. even long. DJ about CM Punk now while I'm just getting my ass handed to me. Remember, yeah. I was at Top Golf in Chicago. Yeah, CM Punk, was- I would. Oh, that's right. You had a birthday party outside of our party. So CM Punk, if if you were getting whooped on, by, I'd be like, "See, I told you." All right, I wouldn't be getting whooped by CM Punk. I bet you know right, money I'd pay to watch CM Punk beat up Timmy. That a would lot. be so epic. A You'd lot. get a refund. Timmy'd be out there wearing one boxing glove like that one moron at UFC one. <laughs> <laughs> Go to nicks.com backslash FFP. And then Timmy would have to be wearing Nick's for his CM bladder Punk's control ass. after CM Punk murdered him. He looked like those uh one of those who was uh who was it? Draws and Brawl for all it was just like Doing one of these, <laughs> doing the windmill. Now I'm doing this. If you get in the way, that's your fault. <laughs> I, are we ready to start? I think we've had enough fun. We've only been going for like I, half hour I already. Thought we did already. Well, we did. Okay. So, <laughs> Amy replies, "I can't even with y'all." Yeah, I love her. <laughs> the same is the best. But this week. We're going to get started because we're going back to makes me get the feels June 4th, 1988 as we live some world class. So we actually had a discussion about this. We didn't realize world class still a thing. But before we get there, we got to run through some events. Filter free up first stories that missed the cut. Timmy can't work the music board. June first, the Morton Downey jo- uh, Mount Morton Downey Junior show debuts. Morton Downey Junior. Morton Downey Junior show debuts in syndication. The only thing I know Morton from this ass hat was getting sprayed in the face of the fire extinguisher from WrestleMania Five. Yeah, so I had, remember. He has great steakhouses. I seen them. Morton's Morton's steakhouses. I doubt it's the same thing because all your steaks would have a cigarette in it. Yeah. <laughs> Thought that was their gimmick. No, I've, I've seen clips of his guess, show. Guess he, how Morton Downey died? Cancer. <laughs> Lung cancer. No, nah, weird. Um, he is, uh, I've read things about Morton Downey. He was a world-class asshat, so. Yes, yeah. I've never read anything good about him. 
June 3rd, New York Yankees legend Wade Boggs. I see what you did there. Is sued. I do it for Timmy. Is sued by Margot Adams for palimony. What is palimony? That's when say, you sue somebody for like alimony, but you're never married. You're just in a relationship. You're pals. Okay. Okay. She sued Boggs for $12 million because she said she quit her job to whore around and follow him around the country to be Whoa, his side piece. How unfortunate. So he was a married? Judge, a judge lowered it to 500000 but they settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. I don't think Boggs was married. He was married. Oh, he was? Oh, well, shit. That changes things. June 4th, two more baseball stories as we had the longest game played at Baltimore Memorial Stadium as the O's beat the Yankees 7-6 in 14 innings in just under six hours. In this game, Ricky Henderson of the Yankees steals bases number 248 and 249 as a Yankee breaking the Yankee career record. That's what you need. Yeah, he played for the Yankees for three months, people. Crazy. Yeah. He is the he is the greatest. Of all time. Of all time. Thank you. June 5th, after waking up from the O's defeat, New York opens up a bottle of champagne and shoots the cork 177 feet nine inches which is a record for cork flight. You know, guys, I think we need to do a FFP Guinness World Record and just find some stupid, obscure thing. Have them come out here and we'll we'll do it on the Patreon. Look, FFP's Guinness World Record. You know, like Timmy shot his semen nine feet and TJ uh, hit it with a baseball bat. Uh, uh, TJ caught it in a pair of Knicks. <laughs> in Indiana. <laughs> What is going Somebody, on with this music here? We need to get TJ a cardboard box. No, Cover I, up I, I that got, damn sun. I have window blinding me. You can see them behind me. I just need to get a proper fitting rod for the window, and then we're all good. I got to put a cardboard box rod. up there. Look rich. It will never happen, by the way. Just so you know. My, June 7th, Michael Sarah of Arrested Development and Superbad fame is born in Brampton, Ontario, Canada. I wonder if he likes Bret Hart. Do you think Bret he celebrated with like gold? What was it? That what they call Goldschlager in that movie? Uh, gold, gold oh. member. I like gold. Everyone, I think, has to drink Goldschlager when they're twenty-three years old, and then they will hate it by the time they're twenty-four. Why would you wait till you were twenty-three? Who drinks Goldschlager? It's just garbage. Well, like 19-year-olds. Sure. High school okay, yeah, girl. Right. It's shiny. Ooh, look at the bling. June 11th, the music notes, Everything Your Heart Desires by Hollow Notes. They've used number three. We All Sleep Alone by Cher, peaks at number 14. And Rudy Toot Toot by John Cougar Mellencamp, <laughs> peaks at number 61. Rudy Toot Toot. June 11, some more music as the Freedom Fest anti-apartheid benefit, as well as Nelson's Mandela's 70th birthday celebration takes place as Whitney Houston, Phil Collins, The Dire Straits, Stevie Wonder, Tracy Chapman, and others play at Wembley Stadium. The concert is broadcast to 600 million people in 67 countries. We have covered some of the apartheid in previous episodes. Okay, June 13th. For the 45th, we got to work on that music because that was consistently at 
13 and got louder and yeah, slower. So just... And <laughs> I don't know what it was doing. It starts out so close and so and far it, away. Yeah, so far away. June 13th for the 45th time in Major League history, opposing pitchers hit home runs as Mark Davis of San Diego and Mike Kruko of San Francisco each go yard. Atlee Hammaker would like a word. Who? Babe Ruth could do that. San Francisco Giants legend Atlee Hammaker. Look him up. I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. Okay, well, later. I'll write it when, down. When, when the sun's not directly you in the You can't even see my face anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> June 16th, here's your word, weird story of the day. A team of 32 divers begins riding a tricycle underwater, traveling 116 miles in 75 hours. I did not make that up. Were they going to see the Titanic and get lost too? I, it was in San Francisco, I think. So if they were, they were in the wrong spot. They're on the I wrong coast. The, I didn't know the Titanic was in San Francisco. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it is. It's weird. But it kind of puts a, uh, uh, what was that Cuba Gooding diver movie? Was that a, what was that? Uh, oh, that movie uh, was good, too. Uh, it was good. Really good. De Niro. It, I love that you call it a Cuba Gooding Jr. movie. It was Robert De Niro. Thank you. But it was a great movie, and it's it, it kind of like, well, you can't even dive in a suit. These guys were riding a tricycle underwater. Okay. They, their suit didn't weigh 2,000 pounds. That's true. I'm not going to argue that. And he had a broken <laughs> leg. Well, actually, it was an amputated leg. June 20th. Really hard Carrie to walk on an amputated leg. Kerry Von Erich is in the Coast Guard? Yes. <laughs> and wasn't and it Robert, Robert De Niro's his coach. Played I mean, by would, Percy Pringle. I would watch that. Played by Percy Pringle. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Get up and walk. I love that we uh, we we do this. So we called him Percy Pringle. We made him be Paul Bearer, and we never used his real name, which is Bill Moody. That makes you smile. June 20th, Janice Pennington, the model for The Price is Right, is not unconscious by a TV camera. Shouldn't air. have been standing there. Shouldn't have been. Should not have been. Should not have good been modeling is, there. Good news is she was on her period, but she was wearing Nick, so it Please didn't make a mess. Please stop already. That's so gross. Was she? I'm. I'm just going to change the topic immediately. Do you think she was modeling uh, like a refrigerator or a car? Like, what do you think she was? Boat. Tomato paste. It was definitely a boat. Tomato paste. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other models threw a can at her head. Oh, look. Uh, old, uh, what's her name? Janice over here. She's modeling a can of Clamato. <laughs> it can be yours. Well, it's I mean, surprising. they, they have all that hit with the TV shit on there. <laughs> can you imagine the cameraman? Like, she's going to move, right? She's going to move, right? <laughs> <laughs> Surely she sees me. June 23rd, Billy Martin of the Yankees is fired for the fifth time and replaced by Lou Piniella. For the fourth time. For the fourth time. That's Tampa Bay Rays legend, legend. Lou Piniella. Chicago Cubs legend, Lou Piniella. Um, Cincinnati Reds legend because they won a World Series with us. I wonder how many people can, like, how many baseball players slash managers can say they coached or play for the, the Rays, the Cubs, and the Reds? That's outstanding, really. Uh, let's see. 
Lou Pinello should be our first un- inductee into the Filter Free Hall of Fame. <laughs> the celebrity wing. When we do that. Please think of a celebrity. He's an athlete. Speaking of Hall of Fame, June 25th, Calipkin Jr. plays in consecutive game number 1,000. Compiler. Kevin Costner was probably at his house during this game, though. You, so that makes you know what's great, happy. too, is we have another Cal Ripken Jr. story that missed the cut in the next show that we're doing. Oh, <laughs> 14 years later. Yeah. Oh, Costner was knocking the Knicks off of Mr. Please. Ripken. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> Timmy got kicked out. <laughs> June 27th, Mike Tyson knocks out, knocks out Michael Spinks in he 91 He out seconds. Michael Spinks. <laughs> yeah. In 91 seconds. And you got that pay-per-view for about $8 a minute. Mm-hmm. Good for you. June 27th, I wonder if Tyson also knocked out the Reds as they bat out of turn against the Padres again, this time in the first inning. How do you bat out of turn in the first inning? Well, you see what had happened was Chris Sabo forgot his goggles in the clubhouse. And he thought goes, he hey, bat- it's my he turn. He was second, and he was actually betting third. The umpire is like, wait a minute. Eric Davis is supposed to be up right now, and Sabo's in the on-deck circle like, mm To be fair, Sabo was in the wrong batting circle facing the wrong direction. He Bad vision. He did, He wasn't wearing his rec specs. He wasn't. He, lo- he lost him in the clubhouse. Horace Grant stole him. Benito Santiago probably hit him from him. They were in San Diego. Oh, okay. That's right, they were. June 30th, maybe Steve Garvey. The city of Chicago agrees to build the White Sox a new stadium so the team does not move to Florida. Should have let him move. Do the White Sox have a big following? Um, Yeah. I mean, I live in Illinois, and I know one one White Sox fan, and I live in Illinois. Well, the, the issue with Chicago is a Cubs town. But yeah, the White Sox. See, here's the issue because of where this. I, I won't blame it all on the White Sox. Their stadium is in a terrible location. So that for those of you who don't know where the White Sox play, everyone still calls it Kaminsky Park, by the way. Now, whatever dumbass sponsor name it is, their stadium is on I 94. What? I've been to Wrigley Field. It's in the middle of like an apartment complex. But you see, that's, that adds to the ambiance, right? Because it's a neighborhood. It's the neighborhood team. The Chicago White Sox team is in the middle of a highway. The Cubs play in the middle of Caprini Green. Who? Look it up. Capri Sun? Caprini Green. I don't know what that means. It's the projects in Chicago. No. What? Yes. Yes. Burp again. Burp at me again. (laughs) I got another one in me. Stories in the wheelhouse. June 3rd, one of Tom Hanks's most underrated movies, Big, premieres in the United States. The film that was written by Gary Ross and Ann Spielberg, directed by Penny Marshall, hits the theaters after film completion on an $18 million budget. 12-year-old Josh... What? It's cheap. Yeah, and they... We'll we'll get to it, but they made a killing on this movie. 12-year-old Josh Baskin is frustrated after being too small to ride a carnival ride while trying to impress a girl. Oh, the 80s. To that's be all, fair, that girl was already there with like a 16-year-old, so he didn't have a chance to start with. But that's, you know, I love these movies. That Back in the 88, that's all it took. He moved up, though. He yeah. did, for sure. We'll get to the it. other chick was way hotter. He then inserts a coin into the fortune teller machine called Zotar. 
Zoltan. Zoltan, and makes his <laughs> wish to be big. After his wish, a card is output from the machine that reads, your wish is granted. Josh then discovers that the machine is unplugged. The next morning, Josh wakes up as a grown-ass man. When he goes back to find the Zoltar machine, Zoltan, it's gone. <laughs> then, he, then he has to go home and explain all of this to his mother, and hijinks ensue. Well, the yeah, he scares the crap out of her. Yeah, he th- you know, she thinks there's a robber. Should have been wearing some Knicks. But please... The film opened at number two in the box office with an $8.2 million opening weekend and grossed over $151 million in its lifespan at the theaters. This all be- also became the first feature film ever that was directed by a woman and grossed, uh, that, I'm sorry, that grossed over a million I was dollars. like, what? That doesn't seem right. My bad. This was the beginning of an eight-year run in which Penny Marshall crushed it, directing big, directing and producing Awakenings, then a league of their own, Renaissance man and the preacher's wife. That's that's pretty the, good. The what? The preacher's wife. He, he said, said preachers. I preachers. Said preachers. The preacher's and preacher, wife and preacher's wife. <laughs> she also won the American Comedy Lifetime Achievement Award in 1992, the same year that a league of their own was released. I think this movie back when I was a kid. I love. I love big. Love big. It was like you know. Seeing the lady in a bra, I was all tingly downstairs. When I was a kid, I was like, you know what? When I grew up, I want a trampoline in my apartment. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is this when I'm old, like? I have cool shit like that. But no, I'm gonna break my foot going down the stairs at a. Water you know what's park. great? Is TJ's what thirty six now? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. And instead of wishing for a trampoline in his apartment, he's wishing for a curtain in his basement. <laughs> Well done, sir. Well played. All right, now check this just, out. Let me just put my big melon head in front of it. How's that? Oh no, back it off. Back it off. Yeah, I'd rather see. <laughs> I'd rather see this. I'd rather be blinded by, by the light. light, ripped up like a deuce. Another rumor in the night. All right, check this out. Kevin Costner, Steve Gutenberg, Warren Beatty. Dennis Quaid and Matthew Modine were all offered the role. All orphaned. All orphaned. They were all offered the the starring role of Josh Baskin, but turned it down. To be fair, Costner was busy at Ripken's house. So Albert Brooks was also offered the role, but turned it down as he didn't want to play a kid. That why? Why why would they offer it to Albert Brooks? Now I'm wondering this movie had Steve Gutenberg been in it. John Travolta wanted the role of Josh, but the studio was not interested in casting him for the part. You know how bad that is? Hey, I want to play that. I'm John Travolta. I've been in several Academy winning movies. No, we're good. <laughs> um, at, that, at that point, uh, it gets better. Sean Penn was considered, but director Penny Marshall thought he was too young. While Gary Busey auditioned for the role as well, but Marshall didn't think he could... P- pull off playing an adult gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> i hey would guys. like i want to see gary Busey from 2023 play the role of josh baskin oh. in big he did, now, he did point now it gets, like the year after this now it gets dark oh andy garcia actually read for the part but one of the studio executives didn't want to spend 18 million dollars for a kid to grow up to be a puerto rican whoa even though garcia is cuban Ouch. Welcome to racism, kids. Wow. 
Eventually, Robert De Niro was cast as the lead along with Elizabeth Perkins, but had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts and was replaced by Tom Hanks. I, Could you imagine big with old ass Robert De Niro in there? Even the, again, he I did would, like five years after this. I would pay a ton of money to see De Niro do the scene with L- Logia, the piano scene. Rabbit Logia. Or do the shimmy, shimmy, coco pop, shimmy, shimmy, I got a tomato. I get to see him. I don't think so. Also, I would love to have been there for the conversation like, all right, listen, Tom. We literally got so far on the list, we tried to cast 73-year-old Robert De Niro. You're literally the only guy that's left. To De be Niro's fair, like, De Niro's like 15 years older than Tom Hanks. To be fair, at this point, Hanks had only really done like Money Pit. Money Pit. Eh, well, was yeah. Money Pit after this? Money Pit was Money after Pit was it. Before, no, he before had done that. Bosom Buddies. Yeah. And he had done uh, Bachelor Party. Yes. I don't. And Money Pit. He may have done Money Pit. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm Googling it. Go ahead. It's around this time. Fun facts time. Woohoo! According to Robert Loggia, the day they filmed the famous walking piano scene at FAO Schwartz, he and Hanks noticed that doubles dressed like them were on hand just in case they could not do the dance moves correctly. It became their goal to do the entire number without the aid of the doubles, and they did. Robert Loggia. Money Pick came out in 86. So, all right, it did. By the way, Loja was also in Scarface. Robert Loja. It is not known who played Josh's baby sister, Rachel, in the movie, as the child actress is not credited in the closing credits. To this day, her identity is unknown and remains a mystery. You would think, like, maybe they had sent the check to the parents or something. I was like, what How they, is did, it completely did unknown? They not pay her? <laughs> Your kid right. is going to work for free. <laughs> so, uh, we would like to use your baby for this movie, and here's a gift card. Here's here's a, a gift card, card to nickfao.com. <laughs> we got you a you, gift card to TCBY. You guys remember that was you, the thing? The use code Bloody place. Mary. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's what we would do. The amusement park where Josh finds the Zoltar machine is in Playland, Zoltan. Zoltan. which has been operating in Rye, New York since 1928. Love their bread. <laughs> I don't. I hate I'm rye bread. Rye bread. I really. love rye bread. Are you kidding it, me? Toast oh, rye bread on a it, Cuban it, sandwich. Get out of here. Uh, uh, no, wonder, uh, no wonder you're so ugly. By the way, what a Cuban they have sandwich. To do with each other? A real Cuban sandwich would not have rye bread. That's disgusting. What does it have? Uh, there's a special type of flatbread they use for it. Cuban bread. Go to Miami. I have I've been to Miami with you. It ain't wife. right. Yeah, we were in Miami together. You we didn't have dummy. Cubans there. No, we had pizza. We had Cubans. We had pizza <laughs> in the lobby of the hotel and got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> we're bad at culture. Along with Dave space yelled balls. on the airplane. You did. I can't repeat what he said. <laughs> Along with Spaceballs, Caddyshack 2, and Beetlejuice, this movie is notable for containing fuck in a film rated PG 13. Oh, this oh, was I'm your sorry. one. Okay. PG during the PG 13 era. This is rated right PG. One. I get it. I get it. This is and one. had that F bomb in it. Got it. You're welcome. This movie marked the first time Tom Hanks was nominated for an Oscar. Wow, he's not he's nominated for an Oscar for big. Yep. I think it the movie would have been better if it was the same kid, but he was now like eight foot ten. 
He could ride the rides. So if Giant Gonzalez was... Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't George. speak English either. No, he couldn't because they didn't want to see a kid grow up to be Argentinian either. Yeah. Step, it's like, I can't understand <laughs> a word this guy's saying. What does he say? <laughs> I don't know. Just put him on the ride. This is a terrible <laughs> viewing experience. I can't understand the dialogue. <laughs> the, the, the little card that Zoltar spits out just says, I can't understand what you're asking. Zoltan. Here's your hairy bodysuit, and also there's going to be a guy named Harvey that's going to meet you in the lobby of the hotel. He's too short to ride the ride, though. <laughs> he is. Oh, poor Bruno. Oh, okay, this is uh, not a fun topic. So June 6th, but it's a topic we all felt was important to cover. Presidential candidate George H.W. Bush makes a campaign promise that he will support reparations for World War II Japanese-American citizens who were put into internment camps and had their land seized. Now, I want to stress this at the beginning. This is not a political story. And we have vowed since day one of this show to never discuss politics on this show. We're not going to start now. What we're going to do here is have this be a history lesson. Uh, for Especially if you're a younger listener, you might, may not even understand this happened. So, World War II was the Axis powers of Germany, Japan, and Italy trying to encroach the rest of the world. So, for the again, if you're younger, this would have been Hitler, uh, who was the Japanese emperor at the time. Um, Yokozuna. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost had it, and then my brain went <laughs> blank when you said Yokozuna. Was it Hirohito? Mr. Fuji. You're a dick. And then Italy was Mussolini. Uh, Japan would then attack Pearl Harbor, an American naval base in Hawaii, on December 7th, 1941. I also appreciate this fact. That I was like, hey, this is a serious story. And already Tony, uh, Tony, Tim has said, Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you've kind of limited the music I can use on this. So. Two months later, on February 19th, 1942, the United States began forcibly relocating Japanese American citizens to 75 different re- relocation sites. The, this effort saw the forced uprooting of 125,824 people, of which two-thirds were American citizens who just happened to be ancestors of Japanese descendants. This act was instituted via executive order by then-President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In the state of California, anyone that was deemed to be one-sixteenth Japanese or more was incarcerated. I've always wondered how they determined that. In 1942. Well, it's called Ancestry. I mean, now this is Ancestry.com. Duh. Yeah. 23 and me. Yeah, because they had the internet and DNA <laughs> testing back in 1942. Well, Colonel Carl Benditson, who built the program, was quoted as saying, anyone with one drop of Japanese blood qualifies for incarceration. What a asshole. What a dick. In the 1970s, under mounting pressure from the Japanese-American Citizens League and other organizations, President Jimmy Carter opened an investigation to determine whether the decision to put Japanese-Americans into concentration camps had been justified by the government. Thank you for using that phrase, because that's what they were. They were concentration camps. 20 years later, it took them to realize it? What? Mm. Well, really, 30. In 1983, the Commission on Wartime Relocation and Internment of Civilians report found little evidence of Japanese disloyalty at the time and concluded that incarceration had been a product of racism. 
What? No. Crazy. That never happens. It recommended that the government pay reparations to the detainees. In 1988, President Ronald Reagan signed into law the Civil Liberties Act of 1988, which officially apologized for the incarceration on behalf of the U.S. government and or authorized the payment of $20,000 to each former detainee that was still alive when the act was passed. By the By way, 19- that was 40 years later. By 1992, the U.S. government eventually dispersed more than $1.6 billion in reparations to more than 82,000 Japanese Americans who had been incarcerated. Yeah, that's still like a fourth of them. Crazy. Actually, I heard that. Um, uh, well, I didn't hear. He said it. George Takai from Star Wars was a child when this happened. He remembers this. Uh, you know what he said when they took his family in? Oh, my. Right? Oh, my. George, I know. George is a friend of the show. I know he listens. George, I'm sorry. All right. Come on. We as a country were so terrible at this point. We got to laugh at it. Let's what else are you going to do? It. Right? <laughs> On December 7, 1941, just hours. Hours. It only took us hours to mobilize. After the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the FBI, because they're known for their skill, Mm. rounded up 1,291 Japanese-American community and religious leaders, arresting them without evidence and freezing their assets. In January, the arrestees were transferred to prison camps in Montana, New Mexico, and North Dakota, many unable to inform their families, and most remaining for the duration of the war. We're doing good here. I should mention that if uh, we were going to do, like us three, we're going to do a state-to-state filter-free podcast tour, the last three states I'd want to go to is Montana, North Dakota, and New Mexico. Well, I was thinking, like, if you're going to send people to prison, Montana and North Dakota are definitely, that's a prison. And I was stationed in New Mexico. Terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. Assembly centers offered work to prisoners with the policy that they should not be paid more than an army private, which was like two bucks a week at that point. Mm-hmm. Jobs ranged from doctors to teachers to laborers and mechanics, but let's not pay them much. A couple of the sites were camouflage net factories, which provided work. That's good. Two prison camps in Arizona were located on Native American reservations, despite the protests of the tribal councils, who were overruled by the Bureau of Indian Affairs. How very American that was. No, we don't care that you're actually American. We're going to throw these other Americans that we think are Japanese on your land. We're not giving you a choice. By the way, it's their prison. So, I mean, just imagine. What just imagine. The outrage in 2001, 9-11. Mm. What if the government had rounded up all the Muslims or anybody from Saudi Arabia or Afghanistan or Iraq and put them in concentration camps? The outrage that but, people would have. By the people way, that what, have nothing to do, do with what's going on. Right. Well, but here's the thing about that was... At that time, the people that were closest to what actually was going on, they put on planes and got them out of the country. 
also, for fear of something like that. We're still making uh, golf deals and WWE still having shows in the country that was directly responsible for 9-11, which is great. It makes me, it makes us as veterans feel nice. Oh, by know. the way, they also use bone saws on journalists. Yeah. So the moral of the story is as long as you got money, we're cool with it. You know, we'll just, by the way, there there will be no bus trips to Saudi Arabia. Ever. This, this a little manila envelope under the table, you know, give us a little tick tick. You know, you know, we know what it is. I mean, uh, if the price is right, I'll go over there. No chance. I, I, so I guess the, the moral of the story is, is, um, I, I mean, what, the moral of the story is our country is definitely imperfect and racist in a lot of ways. This is 80 years ago, 80, not that long ago. And what I love about us, cause we're, we're so bad, especially then of like, I don't know pretending to care about anyone else but us as a whole is like hey how can we how can we make this worse i know i know we're uh, listen everyone listen i got a great idea i know we're already imprisoning japanese americans because why not what if we took native american land while we were at it <laughs> to take that and use it yeah, I mean, what are we doing? We hate foreigners. We hate our own. We hate everybody. Speaking of hate, I like this next topic. It ties in nice. June 14th. Oh, I shouldn't say I like this topic. It's terrible, but it ties in. June 14th, we're going to head to pop culture and music, although we're not going to talk about any of that, as Chuck Berry is sued for $5 million. Uh, we actually were talking about this before the show started, before we started recording. We, all of us, could have swore we've done a Chuck Berry story. We have Pretty sure I did. So we, we must have snuck him in on like a story that missed a cut or a... He's nasty. A Hulk dude. Or a Hall of Fame story we did. Because remember Yo that was... Your cousin, that, Marvin Berry. There was, a, there was a stretch we had where we did like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like 11 shows in a row. Yes, Something I was so it. tired of it. Yeah. Cleveland rock. Cleveland does not rock. Um, so somehow... Three year three, Chuck Berry slipped through the cracks, but not anymore. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some cracks. Hey, he slipped show. through a lot of crack. He, he sure cracks. did. Crack because he liked, he liked crack right above his chest. He did. Marv he, Albert he also liked it in his pipe. Marv Albert, move on over. It's time to talk about Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry's regarded as one of the pioneers of rock and roll in his 64 year career as an active performer only came to an end because he died on March 18th, 2017. He was married to Thermeta, Thermeta Suggs, and God bless her because she put up with some bullshit, as my a partners lot. are about to explain. Nope, we're going to leave this all to Timmy. Oh, good. I could have swore we have talked about Chuck Berry before, and I'm reading it going, this is for Timmy. Absolutely. And this is for Timmy. Absolutely. And this is for Timmy. No question. Oh, oh, that's for Timmy. Oh, oh, got Timmy written. Oh, shit. Is that Timmy. a YouTube video? Oh, I don't, I don't like that. Timmy, have at it, bro. I need a Clorox <sighs> wipe. <sighs> it's your turn. I'm loosened up here. Hold on. Nix.com backslash FFP. Use promo code Chuck Berry, and you can get the training bras. First off, <laughs> God damn it. this dude just looks like a criminal. Just look at a picture of Chuck Berry. I don't care how old he is. Could have been the baby picture. He's going to look like a criminal. So, 
I'm guessing they weren't keeping news before the point that I'm going to hop in here because I'm willing to bet this guy was a lifelong criminal, but we'll start in 1987. In 1987, Barry was charged with assaulting a woman at New York's Gramercy Park Hotel. He was accused of causing, quote, lacerations of the mouth, requiring five stitches, two loose teeth, and contusions to the face, which means he punched her in the face repeatedly. I was just going to say, yes. He pled guilty to a lesser charge of harassment and paid a $250 fine. What? Oh, cool. He he cool. Paid, paid the price of a New York City parking ticket. So he, he, he got money. That's cool. That worked. In 19, I mean, it probably won't happen again. Sure. Oh, yeah. This, this That $250 fine for punching a woman in the mouth. His, okay. Uh, yeah. Surely learned his lesson. Surely, surely learned surely. his lesson. Let's in move 19, on to the next story. What's next? In 1990, he was oh, sued by more. several women who claimed he'd installed a video camera in the bathroom of his restaurant. I'm sorry. Let me repeat that. He had installed a video camera in the bathroom of his restaurant. Hey, Timmy. By the way, have you seen video cameras in 1990? They're about a foot long, six inches <laughs> wide, and he stuck one in the freaking toilet. Hey, Timmy. Surely but, he had to have a reason to put a camera in the bathroom. Well, he claimed he had installed the camera to catch a worker who was suspected of stealing from the restaurant and apparently sticking it in their nicks. So let me. You let me ain't ask, allowed to drink that Coke, girl. So let me ask you a question. We're 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 gentlemen here. If if he suspects this woman of stealing, why <laughs> why would it be the bathroom? Was she stealing soap? Is she stealing toilet paper? Was she stealing toilet paper? <laughs> Maybe he was prepared for COVID. She was stealing toilet paper to wipe her cooter. Who keeps stealing the toilet seats? You know what? You know what she should have done. She should have went to nicks.com backslash FFP, and then she wouldn't have had to go to the bathroom all day long. You know what? I I, I think now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this every time. I think it's gone. That's sad. I had a plan, and it's gone now. So just go ahead. That makes me upset. Although his guilt was never proven, even though they found the foot-long by six-inch Magnavox in the toilet, <laughs> Barry opted for a class action settlement. <laughs> One of his biographers, Bruce Egg, <laughs> estimated that Magnavox. it cost Barry over $1.2 million plus legal fees. That's what happens when they find a 1990 video camera in a toilet. You know the you know the the day after he hung it up, one of the women walked in and was like, "This cassette right. smells like shit." <laughs> she goes, "That can't be right." And grabs another poly, like, "Hey, can I ask you a question?" Yeah, is that a camera? Why is that it's a hand dryer, girl? <laughs> it's a hand dryer. Reportedly, this, this works like shit. Report. <laughs> Reportedly, a police raid on his house found intimate videotapes of women, one of whom was apparently a minor, because that's how he get down. Also found in the raid thing. were 62 grams of marijuana. I don't even know why I threw that in there, because who gives a shit about marijuana except the police in New York, apparently? Well, we, I mean, we drug didn't... and child abuse charges were filed. All we right, don't care now. Felony drug and child abuse charges were filed, right? Yes. So 
probably more important that he was, you know, had videotape of a minor and not yes. the, the, the 62 grams. Yeah, okay. The child abuse charges were eventually dropped. Great. And Barry agreed to plead guilty to misdemeanor possession of marijuana. He was given a six-month suspended jail sentence placed on two years unsupervised probation, which seems like a great idea, and was ordered to donate $5,000 to a local hospital, probably to put cameras in it. Also, what was the $5,000 for? To put cameras in the hospital. What What in a hospital cost five thousand dollars? Everything's at least cameras. 50. They put a camera system in their toilets. So they put apparently the boot I need for my foot costs about that much. <laughs> if I get it from the hospital, but if I get it from Amazon.com, it's forty two. <laughs> so later, videos Barry recorded of himself urinating on a woman. And another video of her defecating on him would surface. Huh? <sighs> Amber, forget heard your heart out. Forget John Gotti. This dude was Teflon. Never got caught with anything. That shit just slid right off of him. Eat your right heart on, out, R- right onto the carpet. R. <laughs> Kelly, R. Kelly's fake. He wasn't even getting shit on. This man got shit on while he was at it. He said, "I need this VHS Betamax tape." To have you pooping on my chest. Cleveland steamer. Betamax. But I looked it up. Do you want to know how much 62 grams is in pounds? Oh, it's nothing. Because when you read it, you're like 62 grams. That's a lot. But it's It's marijuana. It's a tenth of a pound. It's like a bud. It's a tenth of a pound. Yeah, he had like, (laughs) he had three joints in his house. But hey, forget the kitty porn. We got to get I'll take those charges. Go ahead. I'll take those charges. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know you have essentially child porn in your house, but it, we need you have the devil's lettuce in here, and that is just <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> what an asshole! Our society, uh, our society in 1988 was jacked, jacked yeah. up, crazy. Whoa, shut up, stupid Chuck Berry. We were bringing it back. You were the douche canoe of the millennium. What? Douche. Douche. We still have it. Look at that. That guy's an asshat. He's, I'm glad he's dead. I can't remember what story we did, but I said um, this. Oh, it was. I think it was, I think it was OJ Simpson. And I go, oh, he's, he's in the. He's I in wish the he were dead. He's in, the, he's in the douche canoe hall of fame. We might have inductee number two. <laughs> Chuck Berry. <laughs> Chuck Berry might have a bronze statue standing outside, pointing the way in. Well, it'd be a. Uh, I had a joke holding holding a VHS camera. I was trying trying to think of like a. I I don't know what I was trying to do. I had a joke and I forgot it entirely. A pooter statue was that what I wanted to say? That sounds pooter. good. Pooter statue. statue. I'm gonna run with it. June twenty first, that high. Chicago, June twenty first. Finally, we have some sports to discuss. Yeah, it's- you guys, I'm so tired of this. I'm going to make a drink. I'll be back. Okay, that's fine. Magic versus bird shit. <laughs> it's the foot. Well, the last one was not Magic versus Bird. It was Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. But anyway, it's the forty second edition of the NBA Finals as the Los Angeles Lakers beat the. Detroit Pistons, which are now home to Larry Bird. 
in seven games to win their 11th NBA title overall and their second in a row. The Pistons finally moved into the spot of Eastern champs as this was the first NBA Finals since 1983 that did not include the Boston Celtics. Even without the Celtics, this Finals was still star-studded as 12 Hall of Famers participated. And believe it or not, the Pistons had more Hall of Famers, four, than the Lakers did, who had three. Adrian Dantley, who we just talked about, Joe Dumars, Dennis Rodman, Isaiah Thomas, there's your four Pistons, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, James Worthy, there's your three Lakers, and then both coaches, Chuck Daly and Pat Riley. The Lakers finished with the league-best 62 wins, while the Pistons were second in the East behind the Celtics with 54. The Cel- the, why do I keep trying to, want to say the Celtics? The Lakers went through the Spurs in the first round, then played seven games in both the next two series against the Jazz and the Mavericks, which for some reason is hilarious to me that the Mavericks were in the Western Conference Finals in 1988 with Bill Weddington. The I didn't Pistons, know they were ever that good. They were not. They, there's no way. This had been a fluke. The, oh, they might have Roy Tarpley then, actually. The Pistons beat the Bullets in five games, then the Bulls in five, and the Celtics in six. The Pistons were coming into their own, finally unseating the Boston Celtics for Eastern Conference supremacy and relied heavily on their physical and defensive-minded style of play that gave them the moniker, the Bad Boys. Your 1988 NBA Finals MVP, North Carolina Tar Heel legend, James Worthy. Worthy racked up a monster triple-double in Game 7, helping propel the Lakers to the first back-to-back NBA championship in 19 years. Worthy finished tonight with 36 points, 16 rebounds, and 10 assists in the crucial Game 7 that went to the wire. I might have to find this game on YouTube. I bet it was intense. Yeah, so oh, so the, the Game 6... Um, that was the game Isaiah Thomas, it's famous now, Isaiah Thomas severely sprained his ankle in the third quarter, ended up scoring like 45 points or something nuts, and everyone says that was the moment the Pistons lost it. Right. Right. Had he been healthy, the Pistons would have won this. Well, that was also the moment the Pistons hardened and became the Motor City bad boys. But but that's what cost them this championship. Yes, absolutely. You're right. Hey, Tim, what do you think about... By the way, this isn't the cell. This is the Pistons in the Lakers, by the way. Same thing. Magic beats bird again. Blah, blah, blah. There were no birds on the Pistons. No. Feathered or otherwise. But, you know, we did a sports story. Daniel Turkey. Usually we do. Detroit Pistons. The backup center. The gobbledygooker. Reginald Turkey. Usually we do you know, box score trivia related to the story. I'm throwing a wild card in. Producer, let's do box score trivia. Because you don't trust anyone or they can misconstrue, misconstrue your work. So I won't get fined, boss. But today, I'm the greatest of all time. You like that? You like that? So 
So again, usually we do box score trivia related to the story. I'm throwing in a wild card if I tennis. We're doing Major League Baseball Boris Becker for 1988. (laughs) Boris Becker. Here we go. Batting average leaders, 1988. We had we did have five baseball stories and stories I missed the cut. So batting batting average leaders. Let's do five here. Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn fifth. 313, which seems low for him. Fat-ass Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett, second in the league, 356. There's two. Wade Boggs. No, Ripken. Wade Boggs led the league of the Boston Red Sox, 366. There's three. Damn. Two more. Actually, if you give me one. If you give me one, I'll take it. No Paul O'Neill. Walt Weiss. Walt Weiss? Walter White. Walter White, the meth cook? Yes. No. I would like that, though. That would make me smile. Walt Weiss, wasn't he the 87 rookie of the year? Was Walt Weiss and Jose? Oh, no. Walt Weiss would have been the 89 rookie. My bad. Was he the third? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. McGuire, uh, Conseco, Walt Weiss. Yeah. Ricky Henderson. It was was actually Conseco, McGuire, Steinbach. Walt Weiss. Oh, everyone forgets about Terry Steinbach. He was a damn good catcher. Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson, negative. There is a, two Yankees on this list, though. Yankees from 88? G- First off, Ricky Henderson won the Yankees. Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly, number nine, 311. Here's the rest of your top 10. At number 10, steroids legend Rafael Palmero. Then in the Chicago Cubs, 307. Number eight, Alan Trammell, former topic of the show. Number seven, Kent- Trammell, the golfer. Yes. No, Detroit yeah. Tigers legend. With Lou Whitaker. Number seven, Kent Herbeck of the Minnesota Twins, 312. Fat ass Kent Herbeck. Yeah, that one I will accept. Number six, <laughs> John Paul, Paul Molitor of the Milwaukee Brewers, 312. I almost said Paul Molitor, but I was number, number four, the Yankees, Dave Winfield, former show no. topic, 322. And number three, I guarantee you, he will never be a show topic. Mike Greenwell of the Boston Red Sox made it 325. Maybe he's got an interesting backstory. I doubt it. Moving on. He's the beat up hookers. (laughs) Now I kind of want to Google him and find out. Jose Canseco. Home run leaders, 1988. We're going to do five here. Canseco led the league of the Oakland A's. with McGuire. Mark Mark McGuire. McGuire, number four, with 32. There's two. Eric Davis. Eric Davis. No, but there is a Darryl, Davis. Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry, second in the league with 39. Fred McGriff. Three. Fred McGriff, third of the Toronto Blue Jays. Glenn Davis. There's four. Number five, Glenn Davis of the Houston Astros. There's five. You literally guessed the top five. <laughs> Look at us go. Nux, Tim. Fist me. What? Here's the rest of the top 10 at Nick.com. Backslash FFB code fist me. Uh, all tied for 10th. Jack Clark of the New York Yankees, Kevin McReynolds, and Joe Carter, then of Cleveland, all with 27. Tied for 8th, Eddie Murray. Fat ass Eddie Murray. Thank you. And Gary Gaetti, both fat both ass Gary Gaetti. And then tied for 6th, Will Clark and Andres Galarraga. Fat ass Andres Galarraga. Cancer-beaten badass Andres Galarraga. Big let's, cat. Let's do RBI leaders. 
We'll do four here. Conseco. RBI led the league 124. So there's Barry one. Bonds. Barry Bonds, no. Mark there McGuire, is there are two pirates on this list. Mark McGuire, no. Andrew Andy Van Slyke. Andy Van Slyke tied for 10th with 100. He is Robin tied, Ventura. He is reti- he is tied with the other pirate. No Robin Bobby Ventura. Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla tied for 10th with 100. There's one more. Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray. No. Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett, second with 121. Here's the rest of your top 10. Joe Carter. Daryl Strawberry with 101. Danny Tartable, 102. Seattle Mariners legend Danny Tartable. That's right. George Brett, 103. Ichiro Suzuki. Ichiro Suzuki, number six. Dave Winfield, number six, (laughs) 107. Will Clark, 109. Do- Hall of Boston Red Sox Hall of Famer Dwight Evans, 111. Where's- Mike Greenwell of the Boston Red Sox had 119. That, it seems like Mike Greenwell might have been a good guy. We, we That one season. <laughs> Let's do a pitching category. Let's do pitching wins for 1988. Let's see if you can get three. Doc Gooden. Doc Dwight Gooden. Tied for eighth with 18. There's one. Aurel Hershiser. Aurel Hershiser tied for second with 23. There's Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens tied for eighth. 18. You guys done so well. Give me two more. Frank Viola. Frank Viola led the league with 24. Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart. Fourth. 21. Look at you guys. Danny Jackson. Tito Jackson. Marvin Barry. Hold on. I almost got upset because as we're doing this, I heard a commercial for Chevy Equinox in my headphones. And I'm like, what the hell is James doing? It was the webpage. I'm looking. (laughs) Here's the rest of your top 10 for pitching wins. All tied for eighth. Boston Red Sox legend Bruce Hurst had 18. Greg Swindell. I loved, I loved his vehicles. You did. The Hearst. Tom Browning and yeah! R.I.P. Tom Browning. Then Chicago Cubs legend Greg Maddox. Number seven, Chicago Cubs legend Rick Rochelle had 19. Tied for fifth. But he Mark was a giant G- at that point. He was. Number tied for fifth. Mark Gubaza of the Kansas City Royals and David Cohn. And of the Mets. Of the Mets. And tied well, and then the rest of your was Dave Stewart, Danny Jackson, Oral Hershiser, Frank Bell. You guys crushed it today. I am very proud of you both. Do you want to test good at 88 baseball? Do you want to test your luck and do saves? No. Okay. A John Let's Frank on a high note. About, is about all I'm gonna so throw I did box for trivia. I think it's Dave now, right? Is it Dave's turn? Hit the clip. Mm. Oh, it's time for Dave's Faves. Have you seen it? Our life together? When do we ever have a life together? Come on, Sporto. Level with me. You slipper the hot beef injection. Go to hell! What's going on? I think Huh? Cowabunga! 
I just want to say, who is excited for the new Ninja Turtles movie coming? out? Absolutely, for one, me, you, and the you, new and the well. new Spider Man coming out. I'm ready for that too. The animated one with Miles Morales. But I just want to no, say, if we, no. if what do you mean, no, my, well, no. It, it's more for my son than me. Cartoon Spider Man, stupid. My son is obsessed with Miles Morales. But I just want to say, if we ever change the intro for Dave's faves, hot beef injection has to stay for the rest of my life. <laughs> Because <laughs> I laugh great because neither one of you has seen that movie. I always uh, laugh at the. <laughs> I have to laugh every single time, and that's why. <laughs> afterwards. All, All right, right so, that's a great movie. It's not though. last week of the month. I think I'm winning. The score is tied three and a half to three and a half. Three and a half. We have four movies this week with a total of 912 points available. <laughs> to TJ. Seven. You guys, to you remember how I got half a point, Timmy? Zoltan. That's how I got half a point. <laughs> Another half point for TJ. He yes! now leads four to three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our first movie this week grossed more than 25.5 million dollars at the box office on a budget of 19 million 25 wow wow that's nice break even this is not going to be good this is an american comedy film adapted from the 1985 comedic novel by the same name a couple swaps city life for the country but oh, the picturesque shit. new hometown turns to be just a little bit different the than what they were expecting. Is it Beetlejuice? New York City sports writer Andy Farmer and his wife Elizabeth <sighs> move to the seemingly charming town of Redbud, Vermont, so Andy can write a novel. <sighs> However, they do not get along well with the residents, and many other quirks arose, such as being given exorbitant funeral bills for a long-dead man a long dead man buried on their land years before they acquired the house. This film stars Madeline Smith and Chevy Chase. It's not the birds. Uh, Chevy Chase. <sighs> See, the earliest movie I can remember Chevy Chase was in was Nothing But Trouble or Double Trouble. Nothing But Trouble. That I came can out see after this. it. I can see the five. I'm, 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 I'm bowing out. I'm bowing the out. movie poster is Chevy Chase sitting on a tractor. Three, two, one. Know. Funny Farm. Ah, damn it! Never heard of it. You lose a point then, because thank you. Awesome. Good, good. I've, good. I've seen it. Let's see if we have a clip with words this week. Mm. I thought that record was going to last forever. Most folks just don't seem to have a taste for testicles no more. Testicles? Yes, ma'am. Sheep balls. That's right. Tell them why yours are so tasty. Well, the trick is, you've got to clip them off way up high. That dude in the blue hat was in every movie from 1984 to 1997. <laughs> Including all three Ninja Turtles movies during Correct. that time span. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He played the same guy. He was the one. He played Splinter. Splinter. <laughs> Actually, he was. Do you guys remember Jim Carrey? Uh, uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, Ace Ventura. No. When he goes into like the room in the nightclub. That's that guy. That's him. Really? Yes. It's the same guy. <laughs> All right. 
Movie number B. Whoever's the fastest gets the point. That's usually how it works, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a budget of $50 million. In 1988? Our second movie this week raked in more than $351 million at the box office. Wow. That's crushing it. A toon-hating detective is, is a cartoon rabbit's only hope to prove his innocence when he's accused of murder. Who framed Roger Rabbit? TJ. <laughs> who, who muted my mic? <laughs> you dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I could read TJ's lips, though. He said it. I did. TJ. What an ass. I should get an extra point because he muted in me. The, in the audio version, I win. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that was good. I have to. I have to applaud you on that one. That was good. That was good. You better have Jessica Rabbit in it, producer. About me, Mister Valiant. I'm a pawn in this, just like Roger. Can you help me find him? Just name your price, and I'll pay it. Yeah, I bet you would. You gotta have the rabbit to make the scam work. No, no, no. I love my husband. You've got me all wrong. You don't know how hard it is being a woman looking the way I do. Yeah, well, you don't know how hard it is being a man looking at a woman looking the way you do. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. <laughs> I love the cast of that movie. That looks like all right. A, extra uh, point. More in shape. Step ins. Extra point. Who was the voice of Jessica Rabbit? Oh, I don't know that. Ricky Elizabeth Henderson. Shue. Ricky Henderson. <laughs> Kathleen Turner. Oh, really? <clears throat> there I you didn't go. know that. I love. I love that. Like, hey, should we get like a you know? I'd prefer, shape attractive. I'd prefer her. I'd prefer her saying uh, today. I am the greatest of all time. Thank you. I, I do like that. Um, they're like, hey, should we get like an in shape detective for, you know, the shirtless thing? Like, nope, fat, hairy guy. Yeah. That's what we're doing. In. Yeah, me. It's uh, me. Hair all on his back. Gross. But I got hair on my head, though. All right, here we go. Movie number C. Our third movie this week grossed more than 43 million on a budget of 24 million. Don't mute me, you dick. Doubled it. <laughs> Movie number C is an American comedy film written and produced by John Hughes. Uncle and Buck. is one of Dave's faves. A Chicago man and his family go camping with his obnoxious The Great Outdoors. The Great Outdoors. Yeah, I couldn't remember it. Thank you. That's good. Yeah, I love Great Outdoors. Love Give me that, that clip. God, I love this movie. My favorite? <laughs> okay. Miss, uh, well, what's the old 96er? Oh, that's our world-famous Paul Bunyan's Blue Ox Steak. It is a 96-ounce prime-aged beef steak. And if you or any member of your party orders the old 96er and finishes, everybody eats for free. <laughs> ah. Not bad, huh? Want to go for it, girls? <laughs> How about you, Chet? People seem to like that. Yes. I'll try it. Okay, okay, great. Yeah, go. Good. Uh, seriously, though, has anybody ever eaten one? Oh, oh, no. No, not in my lifetime, no. 
Bon Appetit. Love that movie. That movie's great. Love My favorite it. scene in that movie. I, I'm glad he didn't play it, but it's where they're the kids are playing pool, and he takes the stick, and he he draws back, and shoves it between her crotch, and she turns and throws the stick out. <laughs> I also would like to point out, um, friend of the show, Frank Bruno. Um, thanks, John Candy. Not only is overrated, but thanks, John Candy is terrible. Wrong. What? Yeah. He's obviously never seen Summer Rental. At Frank Bruno 80, harass that man on Twitter. John Candy is an all-timer. And if you can link him to nicks.com backslash Wrap it up, box. You've got that same power right in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. I didn't like I like that. All right, That's we're nice. tied, boys. Chess shopping time this weekend in Huntsville. Well, last weekend, but yes. Does that mean it's my turn? No, we're tied, bitch. We got one more. He just what said that. It? All right, Tim, take your headphones off. Good no. job. It's all Tim. TJ, the answer is. Oh, thank you. Right. Our last movie this week grossed more than $50 million on a budget of $9 million. So we know it's a comedy. We know it's a comedy. It is not a comedy. It's a dramedy. But I'm screwed. Sports Illustrated ranked this movie as the number one greatest sports movie of all time. Bull Durham. Hoosiers. TJ wins. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yes. Chest chopping time. You know what's great? This weekend. I'm going to tell Timmy and everyone the legit reason why I knew it was Bull Durham. I listen to the pod, uh, pardon the interruption podcast every day. And now you lose a point. Two days, bitch. Two days before we record this episode, they did the, tw- uh, what would it be? The 35th anniversary of, of Bull Durham. So that's how I knew what it was. What's Timmy up? Loses again. Bleeding titties. You're a cock out of this shit. I've never seen Crash so angry. And frankly, sports fans, he used a certain word that's a no-no with umpires. Crash must have called the guy a cocksucker. Mmm, God, he's so romantic. Why? I love that movie. That means it's my turn? It's mm. your turn. Mm. I win! Zoltan. Another point for next Thank you. <laughs> That means it's my turn. Mm. Let's go to Timmy's Trivioke. I'm walking on Sunshine. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. I love it. I love you. Oh, my darling. You look wonderful tonight. Okay. World famous racist Eric Clapton. Right. Timmy's Trivioke. All right. The score is tied 0 0. We should start keeping. Actually, no, we should not start. Dave's winning 114 to 9. 
All my songs I've guessed were either Oasis or The Offspring. So or Correct. Knight Rider or whatever it was. No, none Night, of us. Nobody Night got Ranger. Knight Rider because Knight Ranger. <laughs> both of us said Knight Riders. <laughs> Kit is awful at singing. Midnight Rider. Monotone right. bitch. So that sounds like Mr. Fee. I'm assuming we're gonna do very poorly this month because y'all you say 1978. 88. Saturday night fever. Wrong. Song number one, clue number one. This is a song by the English rock band Def Leppard from their 1987 album Hysteria. Jump. Animal. What the f- uh, whatever. It Def reached Leopard number sucks. two on the US Billboard Hot 100 of July 1988 behind she Hold On to the Nights by Richard Marks. Hmm. Hold On to the Nights. This song is considered Def Leppard's signature song and was ranked number two on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of the 80s. I already said Animal. Y'all understand. Or I know the terrible. song. I know I know the song. I'm drawing blank. We have spent three, two, over two years. Pour some sugar on me. Dave Wynn. Yeah! Make sure you pick a song you know we can't sing. What a moron. Hey, I'm the drummer. Well, here, I have an actual drumstick right here. Yeah! Come on! Hey, y'all, don't go too fast. Come on, fire me up! Also, if you were if you are listening to this and not watching this, I was just playing the drums one-handed. That gives me zero confidence in this next song. It's awesome. I want well, I, I, I was gonna say before you started playing the music, we've literally shit on Def Leppard for over two years now. Well, and like, hey, I, I know. know their signature song. Hey, I know. I'm gonna start with Def Leppard. <laughs> That's the only song they have. It, no, it's their signature song, and you're like animal what i could i could have sat here until cherry came pie back from top guy weekend and you, you could have guessed it. the actual song <laughs> and i wouldn't have got it. the album you could have let me it. <laughs> pour some syrup on me <laughs> <laughs> and jamal <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> impromptu syrup jokes that's what we do here folks song number two this is a song by the American rock band Aerosmith from their 1987 album Permanent Vacation. Dude looked like a lady. Mm, good one. 1987 album Permanent Vacation. I said crazy. Dude looked like and a lady. He's got a gun. It was released as the final single from the album in 1988. Living on the Edge. You were like five years off. Live and Let Die. Chicken that Pot was- Pie. Clue <laughs> <laughs> <Two>, number two. Chicken pop pie. Listen to last week's show. This song was originally titled Rag Time. 
Uh, oh shit. Um, I've got pour some sugar on me stuck in my head. I hate you. I can't remember three. The music on the radio single differed from the album version, having a more urgent driving beat fueled by Tom Hamilton's bass and slightly different sax notes. Walk this way. The version had an earlier fade out omitting the classic clarinet and trumpet duet behind Tyler's scat singing. The video was based on the album version of the song. The song was originally titled Rag Time. Ragamuffin. So you said the original name for the song was Ragdoll, right? Ragtime. Ragtime. What is the name of the song? Ragdoll. Never heard of it. I've heard of it. Wouldn't have guessed it in a million years. I've never heard of the name. I've heard. I almost guessed Long Train Running, and the reason why I didn't say is because I knew it was released in 1978. So we're gonna have been past Top Guy Weekend, but if you come up to me during Top Guy Weekend and know the song Ragdoll. I'm gonna let you kick Steppins or Dave in the penis. I, I think, dare you. I think Steppins and Dave should do ragdoll at karaoke. Okay, I'm down with it. I was gonna do this. All right. Song number three, clue number one. This is a song by ragdoll. American singer songwriter Tracy Chapman. It was released April 6, it's 1988. Self-titled album. Tracy Chapman. What's the new song that the country guy's singing? Fast Car. Good job. Who sang it? Who's, Who's the, the new, new country singer? Um, it, it's not. Is it Jason? It's not Jason Aldean. American country music artist Luke Combs released Luke a version Combs. of the song in 2023 on his album Getting Old. And because I read about this just last week, because. He's already gone like 30 spots higher in the top 100 than she ever got with this song. Driving in your car, speed so fast, it felt like, fast I like I was drunk. Driving like around my shoulder. Driving around my shoulder. I had a feeling that I was wrong. I had a feeling that I would meet someone. Meet someone. Meet someone. By the way, I thought a dude sang that song till uh, like 1997. Dude, I thought Rascal Flats was a chick until I went to their concert. I still think they're a chick. I still, I say, I still question. Those guys came out and started singing, and I looked at my friend. I go, "Who the hell are these guys? Where's the girl?" <laughs> 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 Hootie, also, I kind of want to see Hanson now. That middle Hanson chick's fine. I'm telling you. That was literally the first joke that was ever told on the show. Was was handsome. The amount of music knowledge you guys have is kind of a joke. So, okay. well, you know, what I gotta say to that, Timmy. I gotta say that didn't work the way I wanted. <laughs> Pretend I was censoring myself, but it didn't work. So let's just move on. We well, almost went. To, that was almost one of the songs. Was f the police. <laughs> <laughs> World class championship wrestling is what we're watching this week, or we're talking about. I guess you can watch it if you want. 
It's mm-hmm. I would it's not, not terrible, but it's not good either. It's in the middle. Two out of ten. I'd say four. Four out of ten. June fourth, nineteen eighty-eight. Your one announcer is Mark Lawrence. Still, they have a lot of faith in him. We have the same world-class music, but a new flashy intro has become live from the world-famous Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas. Opening was a great commercial for Dallas. I'm not sure how Lawrence didn't get a job in the WWF. Do a question, dude. Dude was loyal because at this point they were not paying him. He was just like showing up, and they're like, "Great voice, cut it, go ahead." Yeah. So, how many times on this sh- on this show that we've done, we've covered, and we've shit on one man announcement? We shit on Vince McMahon in 1979. He was, was a better. He was a better version of Craig DeGeorge. Mark Lawrence is good here. Like he's good. He can do. He can pull a one man booth off. You know what he didn't do? Oh my god! Well, there you go. Match one: Bob Superman Bradley. That's use that term loosely. Uh, He doesn't look like Superman. He isn't built like Superman, and it's not an alliteration because his name is Bob Bradley. So I don't know where barely a man. Bob barely a man. Bradley. Bob. (laughs) Bob bare chested Bradley. That's really the only thing you could have said that was true. Takes on someone named the hood. The hood shows us some nice one-handed push-ups to the delight of the crowd. And I already don't know who the baby face is in this match. After a short, but competitive match, the hood wins. Also, did anyone else know that Bronco Lubitsch actually got down to do the three counter? He did it later on in the night too. He must've got some new knees before this show. But here we go, (laughs) TJ. The hood is none other than Jeff Gaylord. Oh, we would see him in the King of the Ring. Gaylord only ever made it to the big leagues for two matches. Well, now I know the one. He was the Black Knight at the 1993 Survivor Series teaming with Shawn Michaels and the other Knights against the Hart family. King of the Ring, or sorry. And wrestled on an episode of WCW Saturday Night in November of 1994, defeating Rip Rogers. Wait, he beat Rip Rogers? He defeated Rip. Shut you whore. (laughs) (laughs) Rip Rogers. (laughs) I found you tickets to the Gaylord Center. After stints in the UWF, World Class, and the USWA, Gaylord entered into the world of bank robbery. Oh, I didn't see that coming. In October 2001, Gaylord robbed a bank in Aurora, Colorado, getting away with $5,000. Wow. Even in 01, that was shit. That money didn't go very far for him, though, because the genius decided to rob the same bank just four months later. You know what's funny is Ranger Ross got better known later for robbing gas stations. Really? Yeah. Were you doing that for Ranger Ross or that he robbed gas stations? Both. On a motorcycle. He was called the Motorcycle Bandit was Ranger Ross's name in the news. This time, though, Gaylord's uh, license plate number was written down and a high-speed chase ensued resulting in Gaylord being taken into custody and sentenced to two consecutive prison terms of 78 months. So wait, he wa- he robbed the same bank twice in four months in his car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got a fast car. I got a ticket. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't know his situation, but I know enterprise rental car was a thing in 2001. 
And it would be an Arizona license plate. License plate. After getting out of prison in 2009, he once again tried to rob a bank, this time in Monument, Colorado. This landed him in prison until 2015. Gaylord was found deceased at a bus stop on March 15th of this year in Inglewood, Colorado, and he was homeless. That's sad. What the hell? I don't know what other sound effect to play here. I guess. I mean, that's <laughs> finish it how we start it. That's fine. I, I, I mean, it kind of defeats the point. I'm like, that's sad. Here comes angry trombrome from Price is Right. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> it's a tuba. What the hell is Bronco still doing here in 88? He literally was is 88 80. at that point. Yeah. Bitch, it's a trombone. Don't tell me it's a tuba. I'm pretty sure they're trying to hire someone to be their PR on the air. They're like, "Eh, by the way, if you know anything about PR, write us at this address and we're going to nix.com backslash FFP. Use promo code. I want to be the hood employed. What the hell? And then what a shocker that the announcer for world-class think the world-class belt is the best compared to the AWA belt, which by the time this happened, they were both worth about mm, two pairs of Knicks. I actually, I have the AWA world title. It's ugly. I love it. Well, I don't have the Jerry Lawler one. I have the big one. It's ugly. The prison belt. Yeah, the only ugly. time you've ever been able to say I have the big one. Hmm. That's fair. I can't argue it. Up next, we get a promo with Percy Pringle, and get ready to hear that name a lot. Oh, yes! And, well, here's the thing. I thought he was managing this tag team. I don't know that now. No, I think he's an announcer. He did every interview segment on the show. And um, they are, well, they didn't say who they were, but I I know one of them is Jack Victory. I don't know. The other other one was John Tatum. Yet. I don't know who it is yet. Oh, I found out later. I googled it. Wait, yeah, way to way to ruin the bit there, Dave. They're very upset at the Simpson brothers, Sean Bart, and Steve, Bart and Homer, Bart and Homer. <laughs> oh, Flanders Ned is their manager. <laughs> Even after the problem, hi yo neighbor. After <laughs> highly ho. So if I didn't watch the show at the end of the promo, I still don't know who the other guy was. They never said his name. Paul Bearer with blonde hair is freaky. That's because he's Percy Pringle. The third. He, he likes put together chips. I do love Pringles. Get out. Yeah. Jack I love, Victory I, I had Pringles. Jack Victory had the line of the night. In his feud with Steve Simpson, he says, Now, Steve, I'm real sorry that you're blind. I'm real sorry that you have a CNI dog now. This upsets me. I call the doctor every day. <laughs> what? Jack, that was great. Terrible. Actually, I heard this. I heard that promo from Jack, and I go, Why did no one else let Jack Victory cut a promo? I've never heard him talk until this show. I call the doctor every day. I call the doctor every day. <laughs> Jack Victory right. used to, used to be the flag bearer for the sheep herders. He's really not New Zealandese. I only remember him in ECW. He was in the oh no, he was what was he? He was um in a wheelchair most of his time there, but 
Well, he was in, in uh, WCW. Well, it was NWA at the time. He Crocker was the cup. flag, the flag bearer for the sheep herders. Yeah, the Cracker Cup. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, what did they? They called it something else. It was like the Luthez Tag Team Memorial, whatever horseshit. Match two. We get a match from what appears to be a rodeo stadium. As Buddy I didn't Robert- even know this was a match. I just thought it was a highlight package. And then uh, it well, went on forever. It's 1988, and it's Buddy Robert, Buddy Roberts and Iceman King Parsons take on Sean Simpson and Kerry Von Erich, not Steve. And we would find out later. He's why. fine. Call doctor every day. Yep, he's fine. <laughs> I was so busy looking up the other guy from that promo, I missed this match. <laughs> I, I felt strongly enough about it. I wanted to include it in the notes. But Sean and Carrie win, and the Angel of Death attacks, attacks Carrie with a chair, and the beatdown is on. They lay Carrie across the chair, and Parsons hits Carrie with a cane. At least I thought he did. He kind of missed. Apparently, he got out of the way, broke the chair. But he didn't look like he got out of the way. It looked like shit, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> also, did the Angel of Death have the California Angels logo on his tights? There weren't many people at this rodeo. There was like 19 fans in the stands. No, and they're all going, where's the ball? Yeah. <laughs> get this ring out of here. World class was trash in 88. Done. They were done. Sad, but well, true. They were done. It. I counted them. I'm not sure what this match was and why they're wrestling in a rodeo in front of 27 people, but Bronco Lubitsch is damn sure there to count the pen. What is going on? Well, you know what I Bronco Lubitsch's soul. Do you know what I know what's going on? Percy Pringles up next again. And now he's talking to the WCCW champion, Kevy Kev Kevy. Kerry Von Eric. He's commenting oh, on the, one foot. Uh thank you. He's commenting on the attack. Wait, thank you is not the right terminology. That's not what I want to say at all. He's commenting on the attack we just saw, and I'll say this. And Dave's gonna sharpen my point here. This is one of the better carry promos we've seen on this show. But, Dave, fill in the rest of that sentence. I'm going to do the promo for you. <laughs> That's not what I expected at all. You know, well, Iceman King Parsons, I'm, I'm going to get you in the ring because I, I, I done been under a lot of men, and I done beat lots of men. Under a lot of men? That's what he said. And I done beat lots of men. And, and ain't nobody taking motorcycles. this. Ain't nobody taking this world championship belt from me. I'm the champion here, world class. And and Iceman King Parsons, you just wait till I get in the ring with you. The end. Cut. Where's the cocaine? Under <laughs> under a lot of men. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. What is this? Who's this? E- Efren. Why is Dino Bravo calling me? Oh, he has my cocaine. Hmm. You get a lot of phone calls. Efren's calling him. Dino Bravo's calling him. Well, Dino Bravo's got his cigarettes. He's got his cigarettes for him. He also has cocaine. Trust me. Sweet. Match three. Samu. Yes, that one takes on Jim Richards. I was completely unaware that Richard Simmons was a referee in world class. Did you guys see him? (laughs) He looked beautiful. Jim, Jim Richard Simmons? He looks beautiful. No. Jim Richards was the wrestler. The referee, they don't give names, 
but he looked like Richard. Only Bronco Luke. One, two, three. Woo! While they're playing, I don't have a song. Samu jumps Richards from behind to start the match and then kicks Richards in the face. That was stiff. He kicked the back of Jim Richards' face. The back of his face. The back of his face. To the back of his head. Face. For some reason, Iceman King Parsons comes to the ring with a Confederate flag draped to Buddy Roberts. I know everyone will say, oh, it was a different time. It was 88. It's still jarring to see now. Samu hits a diving headbutt, and that's all she wrote. Can we also talk about Iceman King Parsons was black? Why is it? Why is he carrying a? Hey, this is fine. This is totally fine. I get it. We're why like Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon, but racial tension. Why does Samu have his face painted up like the dog on the Little Rascals? See, I thought he looked like Bar from Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> See, I felt like Samu's gimmick was that his was going to show his butt crack during the entire match. He was a plumber. His tight game was terrible at this point. Well, he's probably getting paid ten dollars a match, so <laughs> you get sweatpants. Fucking- Yes. <laughs> no, you're lucky. Like, you're lu- you- by the way, you're lucky I just cut you off. And <laughs> up next, we get a promo for the Triple Dome of Terror, which is a triple cage match, and my voice is cracked. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the opposite of the triple cage that we saw years ago in the NWA when we covered the match with Al Perez and Jimmy Garvin and Ronnie Garvin and whoever else was in that. Freddie Garvin. Buddy Garvin. Garvin. If um, in uh, George Garvin, for some reason, was in that. <laughs> in this one, you have to make your way to the top via a series of fireman's poles. So it's like the wrestling version of like oh, strip the, clubs. The it's hidden like temple of love. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the wrestling version of the Hidden Temple of Doom from Nickelodeon when we were kids. Nothing I want to see more than dudes in Speedos climbing up big poles. I oh, can't wait to see Iceman King Parsons doing the pole dance. Actually, it was actually the Legends of Hidden Temple is what I wanted to say. I don't know what I said, but that's what I wanted to say. Why do wrestling companies think these triple cage matches are good to watch? I can only imagine how trash this triple dome of terror was. Can we watch this with everyone? Like, do we have to? We, we have to find this. Yes. To be fair, that WCCW Triple Dome of Terror looks a lot safer than whatever they put Hogan and Savage in and WCW. Oh, that was trash. And hey, you're gonna face every faction in the company on your way down. The Horsemen will be there, and then whatever Lord Rick was way in. Fun you know. If Iceman King Parsons is dancing, carry Von Eric up the pole. Or pff, all I have is the promo that we or, saw. Or if, never mind. I'm not gonna. I think you've seen it all. Think again. Yeah, this is from the show. This was the promo. If you're listening to this right now, Google this. You, you owe it to yourself. It makes no sense just watching the commercial for it. Triple Doma Terror. I met her one time in Indiana. Make it to the top. Triple what? Dome of terror. <laughs> no, I got the. But why triple? She did it three times. Was there, was there more? Was there more than one of you? I don't yeah. understand. Tim was sword fighting in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I had two fingers. 
Please stop. www.nickstack.com Tim told such a bad joke, he chased himself off the show. Now Skandor Akbar is cutting a promo with Percival Pringle III about Kevin Carey and Michael Hayes about getting all the help they can get because Akbar is going to sick Kamala on them. This is before Kamala was a comedy gimmick and was still uh, a Ugandan killer. Match four. Actually, in 88, I think at this point he'd become comedy. No, because 88, he had just got off his main event run with Hogan, I believe. That was 86. Yeah, so he still would have been... It was like 89, 90 when he went back to the WWF. They made him the, the lovable... Well, actually, no, they made him the lovable baby, baby face in 93. That was when Raw was a thing. Yeah, it was the end of 92 when yeah. he turned face. With Slick. Yep. Match four, the Grim Reaper from who knows where. That is literally where he was billed from with the Angel of Death takes on Mike Marrow. Not, He's related to Mark. Not Mark. And the last bone name is Marrow. <laughs> yeah, spelled like Bone Marrow. Very good. The Green Ripper, Green Reaper Green, is out. The Green, Green the Grim, Green. I said Reaper. it wrong the first time, readjusted and said it wrong again, but I switched <laughs> the wrong spot. The Grim Reaper is out of place, not just here, but in the 80s. He's a fairly big dude. He's covered in tattoos, and he's got a decent look for 88. I couldn't find anything about Grim Reaper. He dominates this match. I tried to form on this guy. I couldn't find anything, but now I'm intrigued because this dude, he had back tattoos, chest tattoos, full sleeves. He looked incredible for the time. Bronco Lubich, the star of the show, got down to count another three. They must have given him a raise. I'm with you, TJ. Tried to look the Grim Reaper up. Nothing on this dude. Guess he wasn't around very long because, I mean, wrestle, pay, nothing. They had nothing. 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 All I could think of is he looked like a mixture between Vampiro and Cameron Grimes. I found that a forum. Terrible. I found a forum that was like recounting world class shows, and he, on Google on Google, serious kicking Dave's ass in this episode, and I'm I'm for it. Um, but I found like an old forum. That he was on, like message board forum. The LA forum. Somebody said, like, does anyone know this Grim Reaper dude from World Class in 88, 89? I'm fascinated by him. No one knows who he is. Even he doesn't know because he was on crack. True. Yeah. And steroids. Grim Reaper, if you hear this, we'd like to have you on Legends. Please. Let's read Adam this. from Bama, we know it's you. Just let us know. At this point, I just feel like Lubitsch is the only referee employed by WCW. Well, they have Richard Simmons. Yeah, Richard Simmons was here earlier. They let him work one match. Grim Reaper looks to be an early, more terrible version of The Undertaker. But at least strictly from, really quick. Strictly by a tattoo perspective, the rest of them could not be more different than The Undertaker. <laughs> now, we get a promo with Percy Pringle III. Oh, and Michael, yes. And and Michael Hayes talking about his anger. Talking about his anger with Steve Simpson. Hey, guys, career cut short by Buddy Roberts. This was probably, well, not probably, this was easily the best thing on the show. 
I love this Hayes promo. I thought Hayes and the Freebirds were in the NWA by now. They probably Actually, were. This was like seven weeks behind. Did they make an AWA stop an idiot? I want to say they did. Michael Hayes is not a babyface promo at all. At all. I'm not ever. saying the character and the promo made sense because it's Michael Hayes. The promo itself was good. And can we quit this Sean Simpson shit? No, because match he's, five. He's been 17 segments. Match five. It's Sean Simpson and Terry Gordy. About time. As they take on Jack Victory. And hey, Dave, I finally figured out who his partner is. It's Hollywood Jack Tatum. Isn't that the guy that used to play for the Steelers? Sure. No, they actually, yeah, he played for the Raiders for one. And yes, his name was Jack Tatum, but not Hollywood. So apparently that was my, that was Jack Lambert. Oakland Oakland Jack Tatum. That was Jack Lambert. You're thinking of whatever. And also Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson. Jack Stevens is my son. Jared Dave Jack. Is, Dave is muted. <laughs> Me He's like, I had so many good Jack jokes. Officer Mehoff, Jack. <laughs> so apparently the Freebirds have gone babyface while Buddy Roberts has gone rogue. This was a decent back and forth match, and I always love watching Terry Gorey until we get a disqualification. Here comes the Hi. angel of death with his California Angels tights, and he attacks Gordy while Victor, Victory and Tatum double-team Simpson. I'm so numb to any big-name matches on all these old shows we watch. Any match with two actual stars always ends in a DQ or a count-out. Another DQ finish. Yep. I wasn't even sure who was in this match, but it looked like a damn Van Halen video. Panama. It was weird seeing Bobby Eaton wrestle Brian Pillman Jr. while the drummer from Van Halen officiated. That was literally weird. none of those three people were in this match. And they say the Freebird house is in shambles. I always thought the Freebird house was in shambles the entire time they were together. They literally leave, live in the last, last house in the corner of Bad Street, USA. And I really thought Sammy Hagar was going to pin Jungle Boy while Michael Anthony countered it. but Again, neither happen. one of them in this match. <laughs> but I, I have to applaud you on the names you're throwing out this match because they and all fit. Do you know who I can tell is in this match? Jack Victory because he's fat as shit. Also, uh, the referee was Meatloaf. <laughs> I would do anything for the three. But I won't do that. I won't lay down. I'm going to stand up and use my foot. No, Bronco Lubitsch wouldn't lay down. That was... I would do anything as a referee. But I won't do that. Time for the main event. Kerry Von Erich takes on Iceman King Parsons in an unsanctioned lights-out match where the winner is declared the victory when his opponent opponent can answer the 10 count. But hey... At least it's an unsanctioned lights out match that he didn't sign a contract for beforehand. That there were lights on for, and there was a we're referee. We're not going and... listen. We as the company can't sanction this match. We we cannot take responsibility for what's about to happen. We can give you a referee, but also sign this contract on national television. Uh, they went to break after the introductions, and when we came back, Kerry still had his jacket on and got attacked. Whose fault is that? 
Carrie's jacket. Why are you still wearing a jacket eight minutes after you came out? <laughs> oh, good. Carrie displayed it on camera. Great. Obvious the as the day is long. Nine seconds into the match. Carrie makes his comeback, and several times he did one of these. <laughs> Carrie makes his comeback, and Buddy Roberts runs out, and Lawrence is screaming about Roberts making some sort of a signal to Parsons. But we never find out the signal meant as we go off the air. Also, it was not a signal. He was just taking his thumb like Arn Anderson and taking it across his throat. It's not really a signal. We get it. We all get it. Maybe Moxley learned a blade from Kerry Von Eric. <laughs> or, or maybe the cameraman from AEW learned from WCCW. It was so bad. He get one head. He's button. laying on the ground doing this. He gets head, but on the way down, he's doing this. I was gonna like he walked out of the curtain, just saw it. Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, yeah, he owed me, himself kiss money. Me. Where were all the other Von Erics by this time? Kevin's still I mean, I know dead. half of them were dead, but they were dead. Kevin was still <laughs> good lord. Kevin was still there. Chris debuted in 89, I think. But to be fair, I understand why Carrie didn't want Kevin at his side. Because Kevin didn't wear shoes, and he felt like he was just trying to show him up by having two feet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I was going to make like a hepatitis or tetanus joke. You are welcome. Barefoot to the spot. I can just see Carrie cutting a promo now. And you, Kevin. Well, you think you're all fancy with your got ten toes and shit. <laughs> you don't have to stuff tissue paper in the end of your boots. <laughs> we are going to hell, by the way, all three of us. And if you're laughing while listening to this, you're coming with us. You gotta love how the show ended. While and if you're not, still turn going it on. on. Fuck off, just all the way. Mm. The show just ends. Match is just going on. We are told to tune into next week for the conclusion. Yet Peacock doesn't have next week's episode. <laughs> so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I am 100% certain that King Parsons won the match and became the new WCWA or whatever it's called. World champion. WCWA. This this obviously was Bronco Lubitsch's favorite match because he knew he didn't have to get down and count. So he was he was excited about this match. He's backstage going, "What's the what's the finish? <laughs> DQ? No count? <laughs> I got it. I'm good." I agree. Why is Kerry bleeding thirty seconds into the match? He didn't do shit. Did he even get that far? The curtain cut him as he walked through. I, I think his jacket, I legit think his jacket was still on when he bladed. Legitimately, yeah. I think it was. And I can only hope they actually bring us the conclusion next week. Thank you, TJ, for giving us the match that never ends. I brought myself to conclusion watching this match. <laughs> the, the WCCW is going to fold here in a couple months. No, my, my conclusion would have been much better had I been wearing... Nick's from www.nicks.com. <laughs> I needed some wet wipes when I was done with my conclusion. If only Carrie had had some Nick's, his forehead would have been all right. 
This comes with like he got a tattoo and some jank ass tattoo. Probably he's got a diaper stuck to his forehead. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm ready. Let's do this shit. I always say that because my the, the tattoo you two have seen it. The tattoo I have on my shoulder on my back. I got 21 years old, and they used a diaper to bleed the ink out of my skin. So I've seen it done. It's a thing. He seen it. Seen it. Done it. Also, you know what else is a thing? How much? How this? This might be top three of our greatest episodes ever. <laughs> this is going to be good once once it's cut up a lot. Yeah, a lot. James is going to be busy. We we might have to give him a raise from the nothing he gets paid. But we we, we to don't this, have to give him a beeper this this week. No, he's still going to need one. Yeah, not for that though. For other things we said, but not for that. But when you uh, listen to this show, let us know your appreciation because we know you appreciate it. Follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at FFPopCast, on Instagram at FilterFreePopCast, on the network, or follow the network at FilterFreeNet. Become a Patreon member at www.patreon.com forward slash FilterFree. As for us, you can find us on our social media platforms at Timmy C. At Timmy C nineteen seventy nine, Dollar Bill Dave, at Dave in the QC, and I am at T Stevens ninety one. Next week we're going to cover WCW Monday Nitro from July fifteenth, nineteen ninety six. We haven't watched the Nitro in some time on this show. The Winnipeg Jets moved to Arizona. The Spice Girl Spice Girls want to be rock stars. That's a pun. We're heading to the Olympics and so much more. This has been the Filter Free Podcast, and so long for now. Joke of the week. What's another name for a cow's fart? Cow's fart. Moo! That's terrible. Mute him. Dairy air. Actually, you know what? (laughs) What was it? What was the answer? Dairy air. That's way better than what Timmy said. (laughs) 